So simply unprofessional. I'm your host, Wibby. Join me tonight. We got Devin. Hey, how's it going? I'm Devin. And we got Rob. Hey. Rob. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share with the listeners how your day's going? I've been traumatized. <laughs> I want to go I'm back to sleep. <laughs> do you want to just pretend this day has not happened? <laughs> yes. All right, do you want to elaborate for the listeners? Give the dog a bath. Not go well. <laughs> uh, just a little pretty, water, Rob. Pretty self-explanatory, I guess, on that one. Just a little water, Rob. Yeah, but now she's outside getting dirty again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, no, that's, it, you know, that... No, I got all scratched up and stuff, too, because I was trying to cut the knots out of her fur, and she was freaking out on me, and I... Hurt my knees because I fell on the floor, and my back hurts from bending over because then I wasn't kneeling because my knees hurt, and it's just a big uh, no, just no. (laughs) This sounds like a lesson in why people pay dog groomers. Yeah, the problem is I have to get her rabies updated before I can take her to the dog groomer, which is happening this week. Yeah, which is happening tomorrow, so that's why I wanted to give her a bath. She was at least somewhat nice for the vet. But she's stinking. She's stinking. Stinking. So that's stanky Rob's dog. day so far. Devin, how are you doing? I'm going good. Woke up. Killed, she chilled around the house for a few and went and got Chinese. So I say, yeah, you went out into town. I missed your call twice, apparently. Yep. Yep, I went. I went and got Chinese. Um, then after my Chinese endeavors, that, that was kind of it. Pretty, pretty chill day. General Gao sounds good right now. Ever since Donnie That's did the weird Chinese rap, the CKY Chinese rap there, just makes me think of General Gao every single time. Anyway, so this week, so Devin, you came to me. You're like, hey. Let's let's kick something off here. Let's let's stay. Let, let's get current. So you had us. You wanted to watch a, a movie that just recently came out on Netflix, and you yep, pitched it yep. to me, and you're like, you "Everybody know, hated it. Home. Everybody hated it. I'm never picking movies it. again because everybody hated hate it. it. Everybody no, no, no. hates it. It's fine. No, no, no. It's fine. It's it was fine. no life after Beth. In terms of it wasn't as shitty as life after Beth. Let's we see. don't talk about life after Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, did you make Rob watch Life After Beth? No, I just know from your comments how terrible it is. No, it's not oh, okay. terrible. I, it's awful. I, wet, other than stop, the soundtrack, I did not hate the movie. <clears throat> anyway, you pitched it to me, you were all gung-ho, and you're like, oh yeah, it's called Fear Street. And I was like, this sounds like a horror movie, Devin. And you're like, I mean, it's kind of a mix between a horror and like a suspense movie, I guess. 
my very first comment to you. But Devin, it's not October yet. <laughs> that is the month my, that I subject myself to horror stuff. And I and I looked at you and I said, "Well, I mean, look, I don't know much about this movie either. But by the description, it looks more like in the line of like a horror movie meets like maybe like a supernatural style show or whatever." Based on the synopsis, I'm like, "I don't really know. I'm going in blind." Yeah. So we all sat down. And we watched it together yesterday. Um, essentially the premise of the movie spoilers for people who haven't seen it yet obviously uh, if you haven't watched it yet and you want to then pause the podcast go watch and then start the podcast back up but don't forget about us we're here too anyway there's two towns there's Shady what is it Shady Creek and Sunnyvale and Sunnyvale and Shadyside. Shadyside. So Shadyside and Sunnyvale. Uh, as one could guess, Shadyside is Shady. rampant with crime and murders and just violent crimes in general. Uh, Sunnyvale has not ever had a violent crime, apparently. Um, instantly, Rob was like, this sounds like it's like a pact made with, like, a demon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like you were necessarily far off. Uh, like, I'm still curious as to why there's no crime in Sunnyvale. They have not, after having watched the movie, they haven't really explained that. Well, there are two more movies, so. Right. Now, they did this kind is, of this explain. Is, this is a trilogy. They did kind One of. One movie they, a week. They explained why there's so much violent crime in Shady. I keep wanting to say Shadyville, but Sunnyvale. It's sh- what is it again? Shady what? Shady, Shady Pines. Shady Pines. Retirement home. Yeah. Uh, and that's because there's like this. Oh, what would they call them? Uh, like a urban legend, I guess. Uh, of a witch a one-handed witch who was hung and executed and put a curse on the town saying that she would uh, control the minds of men and essentially well, make them go mad and do crazy shit. The rhyme says good men, but she controls women as well. It just, it's like, it's it was a rhyming, for rhyming purposes, it really means good people. Yeah. Um, it was ye old fashioned words for of a men meaning, which just meant everybody. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, just like the movie starts off with this girl in a bookstore, she was working at a mall, and then she meets up with a friend who works, I guess, at the Spencer's Gifts, and then there's like a, a janitor, and then all of a sudden, there's the girl at the bookstore is getting attacked by this skeleton masked individual. Uh, so she runs from him for a while, and then she runs past a few more dead bodies, and then finally the skeleton dude kind of, like, catches up with her, stabs her in the back, and then stabs her in the chest. And then she pulls off the mask, and it's her friend from Spencer's Gifts. And then that guy gets shot in the head. And you think, well, that was a short movie. Uh, eventually he comes back, 
<laughs> even after being shot in the head, you find out that these things that this witch controls, these people, like, I don't know, I guess they just can't be killed. Or they can't be put down. I, I'm not sure. Because, like, there's at one point they, like, set them on fire. They blow them up. Uh, all sorts of crazy shit. Um, so then you... F it, it, it follows, essentially... Oh, what was the main girl's name? I know there's Simon and Katie, who are the friends. Um... And there's the little brother who's arguably the best character in the Dina. Dina. And then there's Dina and Sam. Yep. Which are two teenage girls. Who Rob was very disinterested in. Yeah. He was so disinterested, he walked away from the movie. He was like, nope. Twice. He did that twice. I let the dog out. Yeah, that's, that's walking away from the movie. <laughs> um... That's fine. I mean, I walked away from the movie to make heat up leftovers, so that's fine. You know what uh, I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, listeners? They hated the movie. No, I didn't the hate the movie. movie. I just, it was literally, I, I got the vibe I'm never picking movies like, again, and this year, when I, and this year when, we, when we do pick real horror movies, I'm picking the scariest shit possible. But you, you I already have a, I already have a, I already have a movie. You said you're never also, picking movies again. But when well, it comes no, because for, horror, but for October, I never pick movies outside of that. October, we always pick movies. So, and this year, we're not doing. I, I can't think of another like cool theme. So this year, it's going to be. I was already kind of thinking about it. It's going to be all everybody. We all bring one movie to the table, um, and it has. It can't be like a, it has to be like a bring a movie to the table. It's like a lesser known horror movie. Um, you have to bring that to the table. It has to be a lesser known horror movie. That that's my proposal for October. Is you have to bring you can bring horror movies to the table, but it has to be a lesser known horror movie. Hmm. Well, we can cross that bridge in October. I guess so. Anyway, it, again, it's not that I didn't like this movie. It was I. I got a lot of vibe. Like this was a mix to me. This was a mix between like, like you said, supernatural meets Halloween slash Scream. I would say supernatural. Well, all, every one of the killers was like a rip off of the off of like known killers. Like you had the camp guy who's going to be the focus of the next movie, uh, along with the milkman apparently. But um, is based off Jason. You had the uh, the skull face mask guy running around stabbing people with knives. He was based off obviously based off of uh, Ghostface. You had the uh, who's the fucking one chick based off of. Trying to think who the chick's based off of. She had a knife. I mean, she kind of reminds me of a mix between the uh, Sweeney Todd and the chick that helped him bake people in the pies, but that's a separate issue altogether. Um, but that had that was more so just by character design and choice, not necessarily by like by fucking plan. Um, but I will look into that while we're sitting here talking about this movie, and I'll get back with you very shortly. Uh, but yeah, so. These two towns are side by side. They're rivalries. Uh, they go to a football game or something in Sunnyvale, and some Sunnyvale people like they're they're holding like a almost like a memorial thing, saying that it's a tragedy that this this murder happened yet again in in Shady Pines or Shady whatever Shady Side. Uh, and then like the Sunnyvale people made some like offhand comments 
and then it, it like a riot broke out <laughs> between the students, and we found out that the Shady Side people, not the best fighters compared to the Sunnyvale people, who are not prone to violent crimes, but know how to hold their own mm. apparently. Uh, and then a bunch of them dressed up like the skull face dude and chased the bus down, throwing glass bottles of whatever at the bus. And then the people, the kids on the bus dumped the, like the big Gatorade container like that that you would see at football games. They dumped that out on the car and the car crashed. And Sam, who's the love interest of the main girl, uh, she got hurt and started crawling out of the car, but eventually, I guess, disturbed the grave of this witch, which marked her, is the only way I can put it. Uh, and then the whole rest of the movie, all these crazy assholes who work for the witch started coming after Sam. Um, Sam or, or Sam's blood. They were, they were drawn to Sam's blood. We find out later, like, Dina... Ghostface, the, the, the skull face dude came to Dina's house and was like being weird. And sh they found out it's because she had Sam's blood on her shoe. And then they broke in, the skull face guy broke into the girl who was babysitting and was like staring at the dude's shirt. And we found out it's because when Sam, Sam got sick and vomited blood up on the dude and he just hadn't washed it or whatever. Uh, so they were all attracted to Sam's blood. Then they devise a plan. Like, all sorts of crazy shit happens. But essentially, they just try to devise a plan to to trap these guys, these killers. And then they were going to blow them up with chemicals in the school. Like, they could have chosen anywhere. But they decided to blow up the, you know, part that's of the every, that's, that's every kid's dream is I to blow up so. the school. But they, they put out this big elaborate trap like with a mop full of blood, of Sam's blood, and a bunch of chemicals in one of the bathrooms. All the, all the killers were drawn to the bathroom, they locked them inside, and then they lit it on fire, and then there was just a small explosion. And they walked in, there was just chunks of killers everywhere. And then they all started manifesting back together again. And so the kids GTFO'd. Um, and then essentially Sam was going to like give herself up and just say, hey, you know, I'll just let them kill me. Then this will all be over with. But the little brother found an article or whatever, sh you know, showing that there was a survivor of the camp massacre. Uh, and essentially how she survived was that she she drowned or something and her heart stopped. And then they resuscitated her, and I guess she technically, you know, survived. Um, so they decided to go to the grocery store where Simon worked, and they had the they devised this big, elaborate thing of her taking pills in a very specific order in a very specific time frame, which would kill her. And then once she died, they had all these EpiPens that they were going to bring her back to life with. Uh, and then they marked each other person other than Sam with Sam's blood with an axe on their chest. Which, I guess it was to buy them time and to keep the killers busy. But, like, you should have just choked the bitch out. I feel like you should have just... 
Should have just like threw a plastic bag over her head, suffocated her until she died, and then resuscitated her. Um, I agree with that. Because then we come to Rob's favorite part of the movie. Uh, the killers do start breaking in. And I think her name was Katie, who was the cheerleader girl. She she torches one of them and then ends up fighting it. I believe it was the axe. No, I think it was Ghostface. The, mm. ske- the, the skeleton, the guy. Uh, anyway, he puts her through a bread slicing machine, which essentially can cut right through bone, no problem. Uh, Which, um, funny, so funny thing about that, um, the art department in the movie tried to convince the director, um, that human head wouldn't go through a bread slicer, but she was very adamant that it would, so to prove it wrong, they actually bought a bread slicer and shoved a watermelon through it to show her, and it wasn't possible, but to their surprise, it actually worked perfectly, and everyone in the office cheered. Okay. So, this chick got her head sliced in several different slices. Um, how did the, how did Simon get it? I forget how Simon died, but Simon ended up dying too. Hmm. Axe to the head. It was just a straight axe to the head? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, and then... Even then, like, uh, they decided, like, the girl, like, I don't know, in, in some of the melee, like, they lost a bunch of the pills. So they, Dina brought Sam over to the lobster tank, pulled the lobster out. I don't understand. That seemed pointless. But it they was, took the but... lobster out of the tank. And comical. then she started to drown Sam just as her brother was about to get axed. Uh, But Sam, you know, stopped breathing. She essentially died. All of the killers disappeared. Then they went to go resuscitate Sam. And me and Devin said this at the exact same point, and Rob was like five seconds ahead of us as far as the movie goes. Uh, But (laughs) to resuscitate a drowned victim... You wouldn't use an EpiPen, first off. Uh, you just start doing CPR. So Dina decides to put, like, 12 EpiPens into this chick. And then when that didn't work, started doing CPR. Uh, that essentially resuscitated her, though... Rob made a good point. Dumping that many EpiPens into a pro- into a person probably is going to kill them too. Yeah, it was like nine or ten. Yeah, it was a lot. It was just literally one right after the other, after the other, after the other, and it went on for a while. It was that was a dumb amount of EpiPens to be used to try to resuscitate somebody that you just drowned. Um, but they all thought, okay. You know, oh, earlier they had called the one survivor, but they got the voicemail uh, to try to double check to see how they had sur- how how they had survived. Um, but they all figured, okay, well, you know, it was all over, blah blah blah. They gave their statements to the cops, who just chalked it up to two druggies 
murdering a bunch of people mm-hmm. at the grocery store. Which, by the way, makes no sense. Because then how did they die? Yeah, how did they? Yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, they went killing themselves after it was over. Durr. They, oh, I always shoved my own head into a bread. <laughs> I said they killed each other. They killed each other, or they just died. So while he was dying of an axe to the brain, he managed to shove her into a bread slicer. Yes, Rob. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Weird things have happened. Um, you know, that's one of the few things I didn't like about this movie. And one of the few things I feel like. I feel like. One of, the, I, one of the many things you didn't like about No, I only just like two things. One was that, that they blamed them, the, the two kids that gave up their lives to save their friends got blamed for the murders, and there's no way, like, to, to have fair, blamed they, them. To be fair, they didn't want to do that. It was just, that was the story they were going with, because... Uh, I don't care, they're still shitty friends. Hey, my dead I mean, friends saved me, I'm going to blame them for a murder, so well, everyone was going to hate their families because they're murderers, and we put the burden all on them. Yay, us. I mean, I mean to be fair, nobody in that room wanted to do that, but I got uh, you, but I mean, no one sitting there wanted to do it. They were all I mean, just yeah, like, I, well, they, they even say, that, hey, a happened. stranger murdered them and ran away, because even the cops would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? How did they kill each other? There's no fucking way that they would believe that. I, whatever. The cops don't believe that, though. That's the thing. They just yeah. they, None of the kids are saying what really happened. And Dina even said, she's like, it doesn't matter what happened. You already have the story. You're going to run with it. Right. But it doesn't I mean, make, like, a good reporter would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> this doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, I mean, to be fair, in the town that murder crap happens in almost weekly, like, that's the reasoning of why that story happens. It's just, they just, they, basically, it's probably at this point, the news media just runs it's with terrible writing, period. I mean, Rob, you're not incorrect. It's not great writing. However, at the same time, I really feel like that you're saying, like, they're shitty friends because they didn't they let yeah. that happen. They didn't. But they didn't want I that to happen. I get murdered, and you guys blame me for the murders. I will think you are shitty friends. <laughs> but they didn't want. But you, you act like you act like they, they wanted it. So fucking shitty. I get it, Rob. But you're, you're acting like they sat down after the meeting. Like, all right, listen, guys. They did. They gonna, all had the same never, story. They all sat down. And said, hold on. You, you act like they're like they're never going to believe this. So this is what we're going to do. I don't care what they say. Blame it on our friends. Fuck them. Like it's kind of what you make it sound like, but every single uh, one of them that's like, what they no, did. No, no it's not. The girl sat there. What they did. The girl, the girl sat there and was like, "Look, I don't want to do this. Like, you're no matter what I tell you, you're not going to believe the truth when I tell you. You're not going to believe that." Made up a person that killed their friends in the grocery store and then left. Instead, they're just like, "I don't know. I didn't see anything. I slipped on glass." I mean, like you, you, you say it like that. But on the same hand, that is the way they all said it. I slipped on glass. I fell yeah, on they glass. slipped on glass. But you're like, okay, so you're saying that, yeah, they could have technically been like, yo, it, it, it's whatever. Um, you know, whatever. This person, this random person came in, killed people, and left, right? You could say that, which makes more sense than what we went with. You're not incorrect, but I feel like. I feel like it's been painted in a certain way to begin with because, like, they knew they were air quotes druggies to begin with. So I feel like they already wanted the none of these kids were already per se like painted in a good light to the police officer or the public. Like, if you run down the list of things that she did that night, that she stole somebody's gun, 
She stole a cop's gun. They stole an ambulance. They and did all of this she stuff. She should get blamed for the murders. They hold on. They did all of this. Like she may or may not have almost killed her friend. It's like I feel like at that point, if they opened up the can of worms of being any other possible solution besides I don't know, it would have been way more questions and it would have been way worse for everybody involved. And everyone kind of collectively sat down and said, this is what we're going to say. However, none of them were happy about that. Like, even, like, her brother well, at the end. They weren't happy. Because she says, like, that the, the kid, the, the guy, was supporting his family on his own since he was 15. Now he's dead. And, you know, maybe if his death had been, he had been murdered, they could have gotten, like, life insurance or something. But because they made him the murderer... His family's going to get dick all, and then they're going to get blamed. Like, people are going to, like, say, oh, you're the family of that murderer, blah, blah, blah. He was supporting his family by himself since he was 15. I really don't think. That's uh, what you're taking things at face value in the movie, and that's what they but no, But no, I'm just saying I really don't think he had life insurance. Yeah, but sometimes, like, you can see, like, never mind, whatever. It's fine. They were shitheads. Oh, well, they deserved I it. They, they could have okay. walked away and been perfectly fine, but they decided to stay and help. Okay. Then their friends, and then they died, and then their friends blame them for the murders, and everyone thinks they're fucking murderers. Yeah, that's fine. They're good friends, wonderful friends. I'm not saying they're good friends. I'm just saying, like, they're not. You're paying me slightly bad about it. You're right. Oh, I'm sorry. It forgives all of it. Okay. That's cool. I got you, Rob. This movie has driven a wedge between SU here. All right. Anyway, uh, Sam, Dina, and the brother are all at the house, thinking that it's over. The phone rings. Dina picks it up. It's the previous survivor calling, saying that it's not over. It's never over. The witch makes the rules. And she turns around and sees Sam. And then it pans down, and Sam has a knife in Dina's gut. And then they start fighting in the kitchen. And the brother's downstairs on AOL, on the computer. And he's defending Simon and Katie uh, to the person that he chats back and forth with about all this supernatural stuff. Uh, And then the sister comes down, Dina... And brings the brother upstairs, and they have Sam tied up with the 19-foot-long telephone cord that all houses had back in the day. Uh, it wasn't. That was a really. Long, I was thinking that when I was watching. That was a really long telephone cord. I mean, to be I fair, like, yeah. I mean, especially in a house that only had one phone back then, they usually would have really long cords, and they'd usually be right. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. So that was around the house. Yeah, and stuff. Like, I completely understand that. That was a long-ass cord. Uh, and then it essentially cuts, and that's the end of that particular spot um, with them saying that they're going to try to, you know, they're going to get Sam back. They're going to figure out how to do this. And then we start that, getting previews for the next one that comes out. Uh, that part made me laugh, too, though, because she brings the little brother up. And all she says, she shows him her wrapped in the phone cord, and all she says is, Sam's not feeling like herself. And she's like, Rah! yeah, she's acting like, uh, what's that? The girl from the exorcist there. Um, 
unintelligible talking, just kind of grunting and, and snarling noises. Uh, and then we get the preview for the Camp 1, uh, which comes out, well, by the time this comes out, it comes out today. Because uh, it comes out on the 9th of July. And that was obviously a prequel. Do you yeah. know if the third one is going to be in the future? No, or they just uh, going no, further back? no, no. So how it's going to work is it's you have uh, my understanding how this is going to work by the description of the second one is the first one ends with them trying to explain what going uh, going back to uh, 1978, listening to her story, and she's going to explain that. But then we're going to have simultaneously stuff in 1994 happening during that whole thing where she's trying to figure stuff out. And then I, at some point, either their story in 1994 is going to conclude during that, or it's going to be all wrapped around. And then, because then at the end of it all, she's going to figure something out, I'm guessing, in 78 that has them in, uh, yeah. So the 1994 and 1978 are all going to be wrapped up by hearing the story of 1966. So we're counting down. We're going in 1994 to 1978 to 1966. And that's kind of how that's going. Yeah. Uh, as long as they tie up and actually give like resolutions to the first movie in the subsequent movies, I'll be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was Fear Street, based off of apparently an R.L. Stein book, as you were telling me yesterday. Yep. Um, R.L. Stein, creator and writer of, I believe, the Goosebumps books. Yep, that is Goosebumps, correct. Right? Dude, those books used to scare me. I'm not gonna lie. Some of them, I, think I, I I've, I, read, I've read like four or five of them. I don't remember there being so much like death in Goosebump books, but I don't really. It's been a while since I've read them, but Goosebumps not really too much. But there definitely was like death in. Um, there definitely was like death in the the Fear Street books. He wrote later. Um. He wrote those, those, I believe, the Fear Street books. Those were not children's books, I think. I mean, they were. They were. Um, he wrote Fear Street originally, and actually, he wrote it originally starting in 1989. Um, a series of books in 1988, starting in 1989. In 1985, a series of books inspired by the Fear Street series called Ghost of Fear Street were created for younger readers and were more like Goosebumps books. Yeah, so Fear Street is like teen horror, like. I'm assuming like 16, 17, that range, like young, like not young adult horror per se, but like teen horror. Okay. And then a series of books inspired by Fear Street came out called Ghost. He wrote uh, Ghost of Fear Street, which was created for younger readers and more like Goosebumps books, and they fe- featured paranormal adversaries and some had twist endings. Um, he stopped writing Fear Street and the spinoff uh, Fear Street Seniors in 1999, but in 2005 he brought Fear Street back with a, three, with a three-part Fear Street miniseries as of 2010, over 80 million of it has been sold. All from, from Wikipedia. And then, yeah, so Fear Street was, I'm guessing it was definitely, like, not, like, it was still a teen book, but it was an older kind of book. That makes sense. Uh, it does... Uh, yeah, so I'm really curious to see. My understanding is from from the reviews that I've re- so far, I've because they, I guess the review copies went out yesterday or the other day for the uh, part two of this. The part two is my understanding is better. So there were apparently 62 Goosebumps books, 
And then there were six Tales to Give You Goosebumps books. And then there was 42 Give Yourself Goosebumps books. Oh, wow. And then there was 19 Goosebumps Presents. And then another 26 Goosebumps series in the 2000s. And then there's Goosebumps Horrorland, Goosebumps Most Wanted, movie adaptations. Oh, man. Trying to remember, like, of the original ones, any of the ones that stood out that I actually read. Be careful what you wish for. I read that one. I read a good chunk of the Goosebumps books back in the day. Not like all of them, but I read a good chunk of them. I don't think I did. Gooey Worms. I love the TV series. I I always like Goosebumps, the TV series, more than Are You Afraid of the Dark? Although the new Are You Afraid of the Darks is actually really good. You mean scary? No, like, they're good. Like, they're just genuinely good. Yeah, good, but in a scary way? They they have some scary moments, but, I mean, they're genuinely just good. Like, they're good. It's good television. I, I don't mean, like, just that in, like, of it's because it's scary. I mean, it's just good television. Legend of the Lost Legend. Yeah, I haven't seen Curse of the Shadows, but I've seen Carnival of Doom. Carnival of Doom was actually really solid. Um, yeah. Rob, if you like Earthquake of the Dark and Young, you definitely liked that one. That one's really good. I enjoyed which that one? A lot. The Carnival. I haven't seen the uh, Curse of the Shadows, which mm. is uh, the second season. It got renewed for a third season. But, oh, actually, it's the first season of the reboot, and then the second, it got renewed for a second season. But the Carnival of Doom is really solid. Like, that was really good. It's like a miniseries, like three episode miniseries. It's it's really good. It was really good. I was like, wow, that's really good. It's yeah. Right. Recommend it. All right. Well, I mean, we didn't talk about all of the very like in depth details, like plot for you know moment for moment of this movie, but that was essentially the 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 plot and the the basic rundown of. Fear Street. Was it 1994 or 1998? 1994. 1994. Uh, again, by the time you guys listen to this, the second one will be released on Netflix, uh, which is the camp one. Uh, so yeah, that's all I uh, that's all I got on this one. Do you guys have anything else that you'd like to say regarding this? movie um no i'm really looking forward to the second one though i would like to know more about the witch well i mean that's the whole thing that's gonna happen at some point yeah 
So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure maybe in the third one it'll talk about, like, what happened in the beginning with the witch. And then maybe a resolution to, like, what happened in the first movie, like, them either saving Sam or sacrificing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for that one. Um, now, we do have... Now, this is good, I'm going to leave this up to you, Devin, because I don't know how... We were we were throwing around the idea of finishing off the Riddle Dungeon. I don't want to rush through it. I also don't know how long that would take. Like, how much more of the Riddle Dungeon there is for our intrepid invent- adventurers. Um, but we're, um, we're I mean, around I the 40-minute mark. So. I, had pl- I, had, I had planned, I will say this, I had planned um, a good bit more of the Riddle Dungeon. All right, well, so. we, can, we can hold the Riddle Dungeon off, then. Okay, because uh, we're we're right around the twenty, we're right around the forty minute mark, leaving us, eh, you know, ish twenty ish more minutes, and I don't want to have to cram and, and speed through the remainder of the Riddle Dungeon in just twenty minutes. Right. So we will do that as a different, as a separate episode. Uh, no. Nope. Unless we're getting two episodes this week, correct? What's that? Yeah. Unless we're getting two episodes. I am going to try to cram in another recording. So, uh, yeah. So with that, everybody, that's the end of this episode regarding Fear Street, 1994. Uh, hands down, the little brother, in my opinion, best character. I agree. Also, so the gender is going to play a bigger role. Also, too. the soundtrack, awesome. Yep, soundtrack is quite good. Uh, I know the soundtrack did annoy Rob at first because it did seem like somebody just went to the '90s greatest hits on YouTube. And yeah, no, that, that, like that definitely 15 is. 15 seconds of each song on that playlist. Yeah, like if they had played like a couple of full songs, it would have been great. But like they played like 15 seconds of like a dozen different songs all in succession, just just like oh my god, why? Yeah. Uh. But I, I'm not gonna lie. I got real pumped up when I heard Machine Head come on. I was like, "Oh man, I haven't heard this song in forever." <laughs> Makes me want to go listen to Bush now. Anyway, uh, Rob, do we have a science corner for this episode? We do. A listener asked me what would happen if one of the planets in the solar system was destroyed. Why are all <laughs> science corners space related? They're not. This was just the question that uh, your mom slash our yeah, listener Yeah, she always asked. talks about space. She's spacey. Okay. Well, if we do do a second one this this week, I'm talking about your gene splicing question. So. All right. Um, but this one is she asked, so I'm going to go over it. Um, so the answer to that is it depends on which planet or moon. Um, if the, any of the moons of the, any of the other planets were destroyed, it would have no effect on us. Outer planets like Pluto, if you still consider Pluto, Pluto's a dwarf planet, but whatever. Pluto is a planet, Uranus. <laughs> Pluto, Pluto, Uranus, is a planet. and uh, Pluto is a planet. if my uh, Anus is a planet, then so is Pluto. <laughs> uh, but Pluto. I want a t shirt that says that. Uh, so, Pluto, Uranus, Neptune, not really any impact at all if one of those were suddenly to be destroyed. Uh, Mercury, Venus, Mars, it depends, uh, on the manner. Like, if they just vanished, it wouldn't have any effect on us. 
if they like exploded, it would depend on if any of the debris from the planets reached the atmosphere. Um, so it depends on like, because a lot of it, like Mercury, most of it would probably be pulled into the sun. Uh, but Venus and Mars are kind of close to us. So if they were to explode, it would depend on how close we were in orbit around to where they exploded um, to get a bunch of debris. But uh, like gravitationally and whatever, it really wouldn't affect us. Um, only like debris from the planets hitting us would be the biggest concern. Um, if Saturn or Jupiter were to be destroyed, Saturn and Jupiter kind of act like bodyguards to Earth, where they're so big and have such high gravity that they suck in lots of dangerous things that get sucked into the two big, because they're giant gas, they're giant planets. They're like giant gas giants, like hundreds of times the size of our planet. So they suck in a lot of harmful stuff that doesn't get through the outer atmosphere to come inside like things from from without out of the sun's heliosphere that come in like large comets and asteroids and stuff all of that gets sucked into those two planets usually because they're further out and they have a, a lot of gravity so stuff doesn't reach us so if they were gone we might have more issues of things getting close to earth and maybe hitting earth which would be bad the biggest problem would be the moon our own moon if for some reason if our own moon was destroyed the oceans would no longer have tides. They would just stop moving. The Earth would actually spin faster. Days and nights would be shorter. And it would travel around the sun faster as well. So years would be shorter. So not to mention, if the moon exploded, a lot of that debris is going to come straight to Earth. So, but yeah. So, question. Mm -hmm. If, so you're saying like some of the outer, outer planets, like past Jupiter and Saturn and them, Mm -hmm. If something happened to them, it wouldn't impact us at all. Nope. But now, if something happened to them, would those impact the planets next to them at all? I mean, it depends. Same thing. Like, if if for some reason Neptune exploded, like Jupiter or uh, Uranus might get debris or something. Saturn might get some debris, but they're not going to move or anything. So we're not affected as far as like. In like synchronicity with other planets, gravitational forces at all? Not really. Um, some people think that Jupiter, because of its size, pushes us and Mars a little closer to the sun than normally we would be. So if it were gone, we might wing out a little further, but that would be it. It would still be within the habitable zone. So that would make the year slightly longer, but people aren't even sure about that because sometimes Jupiter's on the complete opposite side of the sun from us. So, right. All right. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like a Rube Goldberg thing, where if like if something happened to Pluto, the next planet next to it, it would get affected in this way, which would affect the next planet, which would affect the next one. And just no, not really. I mean, unless like something flung Neptune into Uranus, then both. <laughs> That's funny. So, or, or the other way around. Like, listeners, like Rob, is very, Rob is very concerned about your anus, listeners. <laughs> uh, basically, if you were, like, knocking the plants around like cue balls, like the whole planet just flung into one, you could cause some problems. Like, things might be oh, thrown off filter. Rob, would this cause problems? Hold on. I, I have to do it at least once an episode. Let me just pull it up. Visual cues, everybody, for an audio podcast. <laughs> so if you were to do something like this, would this cause problems? With the atmosphere and the solar system. 
Just curious. Uh, pulling a chain through all the planets and having Superman pull it away? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, that's going to fuck up a lot of things. Uh, yeah, it, it says one day in deep space, for one thing. So anything living on these planets is already dead. <laughs> They're frozen to death. Because the outer they, universe has absolute th- zero. Again, what if they thrive in a cold... So, all right, like, all what right. if they're ice giants? We don't know. All right, so so hold on, hold on. So so if one chain on the a bunch of planets is unreal, is this okay? Does does, does this work? Several mm-hmm. chains on on America, <laughs> on just America. Like, what is he doing? Pulling it out of the hands of a giant creature? I mean, either that's way, Doctor Fate. That's Doctor Fate. That, that Fate in the background there. Doing Doctor Fate stuff. Possible must things must this labor be? Surely. I mean, it depends on how far. Like, if he pulls it outside of the habitable zone, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> but uh, being a cold planet and being an absolute zero is very different. So, in absolute zero temperatures, everything stops moving. So, you, technically, nothing could live because yeah, it's not actually cold in absolute zero. They're just molecules don't move in absolute zero. <laughs> yeah. So there's like you can't li- your molecules would have to move in order to be alive. Like, yeah, you, everything would just be dead. <laughs> like beyond frozen. Webby is fascinated with Superman toting planets now. <laughs> I don't understand his logic here. So by moving these worlds from their own dying galaxy to new suns at the other side of the universe, I'm saving countless billions of lives. No. Unless he's talking, like, unless, like, maybe that one in the middle is is a star, keeping the other ones warm? No. (laughs) And what is this chain made out of? I had, this this raises more questions. Yeah. Plus, I don't know why he's going to the other side of the galaxy. Just bring them to, like, the next galaxy. <laughs> That'd be the closest thing. Not the other side of the universe. That second picture just looks like it's trying to rip the United States and Canada off of the world. Mm, yeah. like the chains are not going anywhere else. It's just the U.S. and Canada. In fact, I don't even think he's technically touching Canada. I think all those chains are technically U.S. Because the the one up north is in Alaska. He's like, yo, I'm just going to remove the the United States from the equation. (laughs) Webby's like, what the fuck is happening right now? I don't understand old school Superman. I don't understand Superman. But what is Dr. Fate doing? Like, he's, like, weaving a, a cat's cradle over the earth in the background. I don't it. Those are his jazz fingers. <laughs> okay, he has jazz hands, and he's just trying to show Superman, and Superman's having none of it, and he's trying to save the United States from Dr. Fate's jazz hands. <laughs> trying to save the United States by ripping it off into space? Yes. I that's He's going to bring us to a different galaxy <laughs> where there's no jazz hands. We'd be dead even before we got to the mood. <laughs> um, Alright, so question. 
and I'm probably beating a dead horse here. But like my sci-fi brain just it it won't shut up about it. So absolute zero is when molecules stop moving. Mm -hmm. But that's that's only assuming the molecules that we know of, correct? Yes. So, because, okay, for instance, I obviously it's not real, but for instance, Iceman can get down to absolute zero, essentially in the comics. Now, we're talking about science. And he's what, fine. We... I know, I know. But could it be feasible, because we're also talking about other galaxies and other planets, could it be feasible that there is a world out there that have creatures who are meant to live in that extreme cold so their molecules made up completely different of ones that we're aware of do not freeze at absolute zero temperature no why because the absolute zero all molecules stop movement it's not like getting cold enough to stop it's just like everything no energy you have to have energy to have life, no matter what kind of life it is. Like, you need energy, which means things have to move. Like, your your molecules, your cells, they have to be moving. At absolute zero, everything is completely still. Like, even if you were alive, you wouldn't be aware of it, and you would just be basically... There's no difference between you and a stone at that point. But what if they, what if they feed off of cold temperatures, and that does give them energy, and that stops them from being... No, it's not how it works. If you, like being cold, sure. Absolute zero is not being cold. Absolute zero is the absence of energy or any kind of movement. So you can't get energy from it. It's just deadness. It's just deadness. It's just deadness. It's just deadness. Deadness of life. I love that, Rob. By the way, that was, that was great. <laughs> it's just deadness. Kind of. You understand myself. now. I'm, uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't buy it. I got it. Who's in charge of who's in charge of being the scientific uh, expert on all these things? I'm gonna just write them a letter There's and say I don't, I don't buy it, so I think you're wrong, you should recalculate. Nice webs. Alright, for the SU listeners out there, it's confirmed I don't believe in absolute zero. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you guys want to message me and whatnot and tell me how stupid I am, I'll promptly ignore them. <laughs> uh, no, chances are I'll read them and I'll feel really bad about it and I'll still feel the way that I feel about, you know, ice giants on Niflheim, uh, being able to survive in absolute zero. So that's just my belief. But anyway. All right, so with that, we'll wrap up our episode. Uh, Devin, we need a life advice with Devin. All right, listen, all you folks out there, if you feel like you're broken and you're helpless, change that mentality to say, I'm growing and I'm healing. And from that point forward, you'll have, I'm not saying a better life, but 
a better mentality will eventually hopefully lead to a better life. I go. mean, I'm broken and hopeless. No, you're not. You're growing and healing, Webby. The healing process hurts. It does. <clears throat> then it gets itchy. Yep. It does. <laughs> My heart itches. Yeah. You know what else hurts? You know what My else heart hurts? itches because it's, it's also at absolute zero. It's just filled with possible. deadness. <laughs> uh, all right. Where can people find you on the internet, Rob, if they want to message you about frost giants living in absolute zero? You can message me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X or follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And where can people find you on the internet, David? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie and on Twitch at MistD3. And as always, you can find me on eBay doing eBay things, hawking life advice or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and as always, everybody, you guys can follow me on Twitch or no, on Twitter at Jack's Force Walker, all one word. And on Twitch at DM Webby. Uh, and on eBay at Finding Frost Giants. To prove absolute zero wrong. That's all. What's wrong with that? Uh, until, every, until next time, everybody, fuck Booster Gold. I did it again. Well, the gold. I got to do the intro. The I song. played the intro as the end. Oh, well. That's fine. They get lyrics on the outro. You, you reached your quota of fuck-ups. I know. No, I don't have a quota on that. I just have a fuck-up. You reached your quota of fuck-ups, sir.